the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time, and today we're going to continue our journey of recovery from multiple addictions or any type of fractured lifestyle by revisiting this fifth step of recovery that we admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, our sins. And as I was preparing for this meeting, I was reminded from recovery literature that the spiritual principles that we practiced in the first four steps will be enhanced by working this fifth step. And the formula for recovery, that being honest, open-minded, and willing, will be entrenched in our inner being. We became honest in step one when we admitted we were powerless over our addiction. And the honest admission that we make to ourselves in step five is especially important, and we experience it in a much deeper level. You see, not only do we tell the truth to ourselves, but we hear the admission from our own lips, which breaks the pattern of denial that has plagued us for far, far too long. Admitting and facing the results and the reality of our insane lifestyle will increase our open-mindedness, faith, and hope that we experienced in step two when we came to believe that God would restore us to sanity. And our willingness to admit the good, bad, and ugly facets of our lives in this fifth principle renews the willingness we had in step three when we decided to turn our whole will and life over to the care of God. Then it takes action and courage to pen our whole life story in step four, and we will draw on that courage to proceed with step five by admitting and confessing our wrongs, our sins. Folks, do you see how these principles complement each other? They are interwoven much like God's word from Genesis to revelation. They lead us out of this darkness of Satan's bondage into the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we referenced 1 John 1, 8. If we claim we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Once again, we're breaking the barrier of denial and finally becoming truthful with ourselves. Now, we also reviewed the teaching in James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that ye may be healed. You see, sharing our story with another person, that's so vital to us as a means of completing this process of revelation. This is how we broaden our awareness of ourselves by receiving feedback, insight, encouragement, acceptance, love, hope, and prayer. And speaking of love, hope, and prayer, I told you last week I saved the best for last, and that's confessing to our loving and forgiving God. 
Now, why is it important that we confess our sins to our Heavenly Father? Christian recovery literature reminds us this is a spiritual program, and our whole purpose is to awaken spiritually, surgery of the spirit, if you will, and to approach God openly with our past and who we become under Satan's control is vital to this recovery and healing. But hear this. Satan doesn't want you to have any communication with God. And there was a time when this evil one flooded my mind with negative thoughts. He tried to put a barrier between God and me. And I believed that I was such a bad person that God had abandoned me. I felt that I was too far gone and unworthy to have a relationship with God. And my secret sins blocked my ability to feel any acceptance or love from God. I thought I lost my salvation. Now, I know that some of you feel as I did. You're thinking that God doesn't want to hear from you and you're destined for hell. I'm here to tell you, Satan is lying to you. John teaches us this in John eight forty four. Satan hates the truth because there's no truth in him. He's a liar and he's a father of lies. Here's the truth. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, but you're existing in active addiction, you're in hell right now, a living hell. Hear me. God loves you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to forgive you. And we're assured of that in the book of Isaiah. God confronted the people of Judah for going astray, much like we do. And he was merciful in Isaiah 118. Come now, God said, let's settle this matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. He wanted his people to confess what they've done and turn from it. And God wants the same for you and me. He longs to hear from you. He wants to forgive you of your sins from the addictions that you're suffering with. In Psalm 32, 5, David prayed, I confessed all my sins to you and did not cover up my iniquities. When we pray and confess as David did, this is when our hearts are set free of this guilt and we reestablish this relationship with God that we need for this recovery and healing to take place. So let me ask you, do you want to receive this spiritual heart transplant? Do you want to quicken the Holy Spirit in your life? Then you have to do your part, and that's to confess and to repent. Amen? Now, there may be some of you listening that have never received this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. You might be attending recovery meetings, and that's vital. That's important. I have to tell you that people in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous help save my life. But Jesus saved my soul from eternal damnation. Now, I just talked about hell, folks. Hell is real. The Bible addresses hell more than it does heaven. It speaks of the damnation of hell and who will spend eternity there. John 4 warns us in Revelations. Cowards, unbelievers, murderers, immorals, idol worshippers, sorcerers, and liars 
are destined for this lake of fire. The Bible tells us that God will judge the world in righteousness. And those that reject God's plan of salvation and create their own concept of God are heading down a one-way street to doom and gloom. Please hear this. There's only one God, and that's the God of the Bible. God is holy. God is love. He hates sin, but he loves the sinner, and he wants to forgive them. And he has a game plan that in spite of our sinful nature, we can spend eternity in heaven. We all know this scripture, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You need to hear this loud and clear. Jesus came into the world to die. God sent his Son for the very purpose of paying our sin debt. You see, all sin must be punished, and Jesus died as a substitute, a sin-bearer, and a Savior. He became accountable for our sins as if he had committed them. He gave his life as a ransom for you and me. And we learn in Romans, God loves us so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine, while you and I are sinning, Christ died for us. Now, here's the good news. Three days after his death, Jesus was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead. God accepted the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as the full and perfect payment of sin's penalty a free pardon to those who would otherwise be doomed to spend eternity in hell. So how do we get this free get-out-of-jail card? What must you do to be saved? Jesus tells us in John fourteen 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Folks, you cannot work your way to heaven. Salvation is a free gift. Jesus already did the sacrificial work. Salvation comes by trusting Jesus. This is not a game like Monopoly. The decision you're making determines whether you spend eternity in heaven or hell. And Paul teaches us how we can go and spend eternity in heaven. If we confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Let me finish with this. Wouldn't it be a shame to do all this work to get clean and sober, create a God of your own understanding in your mind, refuse this free gift of salvation from the one and only true God, the God of the Bible, and spend eternity in hell? David quoted, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Have you heard from God today? Has he shown you you need and he's given you the desire to turn to Christ? Then you must do it now.
Get on your knees. Pray aloud. Confess and repent from all the sins that you discovered in your inventory and leave them at the foot of the cross. Thank Jesus for what he did for you. Ask him to forgive you, to be your savior, and take charge of your will and your life. Now that's what I call a powerful step five. We never got to Hebrews 4. I guess we'll cover that next week. And I want you to reference as well Isaiah 55, 1 through 9, as we're going to be introducing the sixth step of recovery. We were entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Amen.